Hello. That's a way to start. My name is Uncle Arrow. No. 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 Uncle Arrow? Uh, He's Uncle Arrow's brother. Oh, okay. That's No, that's not even the right name for him. What's his real name? Iroh. Yeah, um, that's Iroh. their third brother. There's Iro, Eero, and Arrow. <laughs> there. Oh, but no, the Iro is brothers with the Fire Lord. Yeah, Arrow. Yeah. No. Fire Lord Arrow. No oh, gosh. Are you sure you watched the show? Yeah, but it was in long time ago. So this is going to make it for a great episode. Well, we're not doing. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, though we're doing Legend of Korra, which I have rewatched two out of four seasons. Uh, hey. And read synopses of the other two because uh, <laughs> I needed to get caught up on what was happening and did not have enough hours to finish the entire thing. Some people would say, maybe just wait. Don't no. do don't do the the episode yet. But uh But we don't I listen guess, to those people. It's mostly me to myself. And I've never listened to myself. I have poor judgment. Um, always have. Always will. Uh, how was your week? Uh, fine. It was good. Nothing Nothing to report. Exams, tired, blah, blah, blah. Is it reading week yet? No, we don't, we don't do that. Oh, that's a college thing. That's I forgot. A, yeah, that's a college um, thing. Oh, so you've got like two months before you get spring break, right? Yeah, well, there's a right now it's exam break, but it, when you say break, it's not actually a break because the kids are just writing exams like every day or finishing up work. Or do they seem stressed? Um, the ones, yes, I will. I will say that yes, they seem stressed. The ones that actually give a shit. No, I mean everybody's like it seems oh. like most of them like the ones that have been working really really hard are stressed out because they want to continue to do well mm-hmm. and the ones who haven't been working really really hard are stressed out because they realize they haven't been working hard so there's just kind of like this middle group that's like meh it'll be fine and they're right and i support yeah, that group I, yeah i'm like you're right you guys are gonna be fine no matter what guess what this is what? a message to everybody out there <laughs> i hardly put any effort into high school oh no past very well b minus average got into the school i wanted to go to because i went to art school yeah <laughs> uh and now i am you know rich and famous <laughs> that you are doing a podcast i am neither nor um stay in school I guess, <laughs> if you can afford to. But who the fuck can afford to nowadays? Oh, my gosh, yeah. That's the thing. It's, uh, it's a hard world out there. Yeah, at least you used to be able to buy a career. Yeah, not anymore. Uh, but now you have to be rich already in order to afford one. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just paying off student loans for the next 40,000 years. And high school's no better. Yeah. High school. Yeah. Poor little buddies. Yeah. I normally call them turkeys because, you know, they're bench turkeys. I, I just say that in a loving way. Like, they're great. Yeah. But today, um, as I was watching, I was supervising an exam and I was calling them bunnies. And one of the other teachers was like, don't you normally call them turkeys? And I was like, no, but you see them all huddled up and they're all like 
stressed and like they're bunnies today. They're like little scared, scared little bunnies. I don't know. There's something weird about calling kids bunnies. Bunnies? What would you, what yeah. would you call them? Just kids? Yeah. Children, young, people. young adults. I call them young people a lot because hmm. I feel like they're not children and they're not adults yet. They're like that weird and they're not even like teenagers. I don't even think they're teenagers. They're like these weird amalgam. Like they're just their own little beings. They're young. They're young people. Weenagers. Nah, <laughs> That's a word I can't get behind. Tweenagers. No, they're too old no. for that. Some of these kids are like 18 and 19. Well. Yeah. Those are adults. <laughs> I promise not, you they're not. <laughs> they're not just... supposed to be there anymore. <laughs> Some of the kids, I'll refer to them as like, Help. good evening, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am. Dropping your kids off. Oh, no. <laughs> they're just so tall. They're like, oh, yeah. Do you, do you make jokes with uh, students about them dropping their kids off? Yeah, I have gonna, actually. Because they're going to think you're talking about poo. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. just just on my way to the the pool, Miss Hunt. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Does your school jokes. have a pool? Uh we use the pool next door. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Some sort of partnership. Yeah, there's a swim team, and they're very, they're good. I, I assume good. I don't know. I mean, what does a bad swim team look like? They they do well. They drown. <laughs> <laughs> they they successfully get in and out of the pool. Everyone comes home. It's a it's a win. Seems like a win to me. Right? Yeah. Like... A bad a bad swim team dies. <laughs> That's how you tell. They don't make it out. They don't even get into the pool in the first place. <laughs> no, that's a smart swim yeah, team. Yeah, that's a dry team. <laughs> Seems mm. weird. Dry January. Uh, not for, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I don't really drink, so. Uh, how, uh, was your game, what the fuck? Use word. Do you play, oh yeah, did you play anything this week? No. I got screamed at, uh, we had six tantrums today. Oh, no. <laughs> really bad ones. Uh-oh. Do you want to record? Uh, okay. Are you good? No, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to be like, I no, I'm don't bad. Take, don't take this from me. <laughs> I, need, I need this out. <laughs> Um, no, it's good. There was a time when six was an average and now it's an outlier. So that's great. Hey, that's good. Small yeah, wins. We've made progress. Yeah. yeah. Progressed. I like to pronounce words incorrectly. I basically feel like I've been having one long stroke from how tired I am and the way that I talk to people. Like you, you like good today? I mean, I make a podcast with you. And you know, I've been stroking for the last. That didn't sound that right either. <laughs> I've been stroking out for the last year and a half. That doesn't sound better. No, it sounds like the two of us are not doing well, and also having like a porn podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, not a porn podcast. Mostly not a porn podcast. No, have oh. we talked about pornography before? I I don't know if we have actually. Let's do a porn episode at some point. <laughs> I don't know how far that'll go, but sure. Um, I did want to tell you, I was talking to a young person about birds, and I thought this was the cutest story and in the world. Bees? No, just birds, just like parrots oh, okay. and stuff. Okay, I thought you were using that as a segue. No, 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 no. Like, like, an, like the animal, like the recent podcast we released. Sure, yeah. And they were showing me a video of their, their pet parrot, and whenever you... you go like this on the parrot's beak it says Booped. boop boop to the parrot's beak it says boop that's Isn't cute that's the cutest thing in the world yeah 
I'm just like, I was just, it made me so happy. Like the little moments, yeah. right? Just so nice. Boop. Boop. Can we get a video of this parrot? <laughs> I don't know if I'll, I'll see if I can get a video of it. Is it but, weird to ask it might be a bit a weird. student for a video of their parrot? <laughs> yeah, but also don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> ask your parents if they can give you a video of the parrot. Yeah, it, it just, it was cute. What have you been playing this week? Nothing. I have been playing the come home and go to bed game because I've been so tired. I am jealous. That's a fun game I haven't yeah, played I'm because sorry. I'm always at home and I never go to bed. <laughs> uh, who's that comedian that was always like, <laughs> he did like a bunch of stand up and was always like, <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. The one that nobody knows who they are because they were never famous, but they were always on Just for Laughs. They were always on Just for Laughs. And I know it sounded like he was like. With their hand up against their oh, face. And they're like, okay. <laughs> we have to find. I know exactly who you're talking about. I moved to LA. What a miserable place that is. I moved from my apartment, so I went to IKEA. What the hell is wrong with that place? How do you get out of it? Jesus. I was there for five and a half hours. I ended up buying two things. And that is how they screw you. Like his punchline made it sound like he was about to like cry laugh. And he'd be covering his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, always. I'm going to join in on this game. Oh, I found, I found him. Jeremy Hotz. Nice. This guy's going in the show this notes. This a random guy that Ben just happened to remember. His Google alert is about to fire off he's looking, for the first time He's looking time old, Ben. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I mean, he looked old <laughs> in the 90s. Everyone in the 90s looked old. Remember Frazier? Everyone looked old. Seinfeld, they all looked old. Stargate, SG-1, all, all parents. Here we go. It's just his website. But you can see. Oh. Hot. Jeremy Hot. As for in Jeremy. I have the hots yeah. for Jeremy. Do you think he made that joke a lot no, as a comedian? Oh, let's okay. book him on the show. <laughs> I was just thinking. Can we get oh he's got hey, Twitter and Instagram. Not that old. I'm just gonna show <laughs> <start> his tweet. <laughs> yeah, the sign of being not that old. Oh my god, his uh his Instagram picture is that one with his hand up in front of his face. I know. That's what he's known for. Yeah. That's great. Oh. He was on the newsroom. Uh, and just for laughs. Yeah. That's a... Uh... Oh, you can buy an exclusive, an exclusive an fan exclusive. item. An exclusive. I need an excuse for this. Oh, man. He's got uh, Strombolopolis following him. <laughs> He was a funny guy. Yeah. Hi. Is he on tour anytime soon? No. no. <laughs> I didn't have to look that up. We can probably <laughs> definitively say no. He is not. He was, he was strong in the 90s, Ben. I Very mean, strong. The only place I ever saw him was. Just for last. Yeah. He was right up there with Russell Peters. Oh, but you can get some merch. I know. That's what I was saying when I had my stroke about the exclusive, exclusive. Uh, mask. <laughs> the the Jeremy mask. mask. Yeah. Uh, I will be ordering you a t-shirt or a tote. <laughs> Which would no. you prefer? No. <laughs> this is happening. No. There's nothing you can do about it. No. Uh, oh, 
you can buy DVDs off his website. Um, does he not have YouTube? Can I not just watch him on YouTube? I mean, somebody would have to have uploaded him to YouTube. I bet you can. Hey, he's Canadian-American. Most of them are. <laughs> You'd think he'd be funnier. No, if he was uh, that funny, he wouldn't be Canadian. That's what, uh, uh, wait, were we saying Canadians are funny or not? Not funny. Uh, Remember, his... the theme of our show is how we comment on how Canadian production values not so great. Yeah, we say through my audio that I can't get right. Because <laughs> if you were in America, shit would be different. I'm looking up his ex-wife, Alana Sosnov Hotz. Uh, I can't find anyone. It's an interesting thing to look up, but okay. Jeremy Hotz. I'm just uh... curious who married him. Maybe he's a funny guy. People like to laugh. I mean, I'm not saying anything qualitative about him. <laughs> he was born in South Africa. Oh. He's only 57. Really? Yeah. Well, good for him. Hard life. We're going to have beef with Jeremy Hotz after this. <laughs> He's going to hate us, even though we're, we like him. We think he was a strong comedian. Yeah. I mean, I remember him. Yeah. We're talking about him. He was funny. He He did a great job. Oh, here's a picture of him with uh, Arsenio Hall. <laughs> Dear listener, Arsenio was it? Was it? <laughs> oh, do we have to I think you Hall? might have to. I wasn't allowed to watch Arsenio. <laughs> no, neither was I because he was a little too risque. Yeah. Plus, he came on very late, and my mom would be like, hey, "It's bedtime," so you know, because we were we were old. I'm gonna follow. Jeremy Hotz with oh, our no, don't. with oh, our God. Dork Matters account. <laughs> I'll do it later. We gotta move on after I buy you this shirt. <laughs> Add to cart. Check no, out. Don't do it. <laughs> First name Ben. Don't oh do wait, it. I should send it right to your house. <laughs> Lexi Hunt. <laughs> Company don't buy name, me Jeremy Hodge shirt. Podcast. Now he'll know who bought it. No. Wait, what's your street Fuck. address again? I'm going to tell all the podcast listeners well, just right now. It out. Help me out here. Okay. It's, no, I don't want the shirt. I don't want the shirt. What am I doing? You don't know, I, I don't have buy your, the shirt. I have you don't in do my it. contact. Ben, save There's your money. literally nothing you, you need can do to, to buy stop porn me. for our next episode. You have to save your money. Nobody, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nobody buys porn anymore. Who buys comedians' Although, T-shirts? Uh, comedian T-shirts? Lots of people buy comedian no. T-shirts. When Who is, buys Jeremy Potts' T-shirt? That that's my next uh, question. Me. <laughs> uh, we're about to start a great connection here. No. I think, is he the one that did the bit about uh, Jaws? I think he might have been. It's four in the morning. You're sitting there with one sweat sock and a burrito watching a shark that only kills one family out of an entire ocean full of perfectly edible people for no reason that we ever explain. And you won't turn it off because you think it's going to get better. About Jaws, like in Jaws Returns and how Jaws like hunts down Jaws' wife or something hunts down. I remember Jaws that. Jaws' wife? Little, did- yeah, or Jaws... A different Jaws, I don't know, or their son gets killed or something. I forget. The baby, so the shark goes on a killing spree baby to avenge. Baby shark, oh do, 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 baby shark, do, 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 do. This baby podcast shark, is do, just do, one do, long do, do. dad joke. It's, I mean, yeah, a year and a half going. <laughs> kind of it is. It's, uh, it's, oh my it's God. what it is. Your order. 
dollars. That's ridiculous. It's worth it. No, it this gag is worth it. You know what? If you really don't want it, we can give it away. It didn't even let me choose a size. <laughs> it's like this type of free shirt that comes in a case of beer. Just one what, size. What size are you getting? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. If they don't ask you, then it comes in one size only, and that is tent. <laughs> well, that's great. At least tent you can turn it into some sort of cool crop top or something where to school. <laughs> What's up, children? Do you like my Jeremy Hots crop top? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the kids love Jeremy Hots. <laughs> oh no. Oh, We're no. almost done here. <laughs> On this very special Dork Matters episode, Ben buys Lexi a large t-shirt from Jeremy Hotz. <laughs> well, we don't know that it's large. Not yet. I hope Not it's like one of those, it. you know, like on Wish where you buy something and it comes and it's like the size for hamsters. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Even better hamster t-shirt. I would love that. That should be his uh, thing. Oh, Jeremy Hotz making us all laugh. Making us all laugh all the time. All the time. Since we were young, straight through till now. Paying yeah. Canadian. I won't even tell you what the conversion was. <laughs> oh, no. Did I not know my security code? Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. We'll get this. We're going to figure this out. It's going to be like $100. Nah, it's not that bad. That could have been three boxes of cereal, Ben. Come on. Uh, I've told you how I got... I got that like kickback from Big Sugar Crisp. Yeah, yeah, because of the yeah, of course. <laughs> Can't get enough of that sugar. <sighs> sugar Crisp. All I had to do was I was you know I was pretty big on Twitter at the beginning, and uh, all I had to do was make a shill tweet, and they sent me uh, a bunch of Sugar Crisp, like four boxes wow. and a T-shirt. One time, I sent a question to Pillsbury because I thought that they had plastic in some of their cinnamon rolls and they said no that's just clumps of butter and then they sent me like a hundred bucks worth of coupons that was all it was did they think you were complaining why why did you think there was plastic because it? it looked like little plastic pellets and when i when i squished them they were hard and so i took a picture and i was like is this normal and then they were like yes <laughs> Thank you, Twitter. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, okay, I've checked out of oh uh, Jeremy Holtz. Oh uh, I think it's probably time to start the episode. Don't cut me off. It's eight o'clock there, and he got out of bed to go ship this right now. He's like, I, I, I gotta, I gotta ship this. I gotta ship. Hey, what if I don't get it in the mail soon enough? I don't think he's courage the cowardly dog, Ben. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know how to do impressions. That's all I got. 
Welcome back. This is Dork Matters, a dorky podcast for dorks. I'm your dad, dork host, Ben Wrinkle. And with me, as always, is your Ed Dorkator, Lexi Hunt. Hello. Here on 98.9 FM, the dork. I like that you did the, like, the dork. The dork. Like Nixon. That was my favorite character on Futurama was Nixon had in a jar. Yeah, pretty fantastic. He missed. Hedonist bot was like a close. Oh, oh so I also like Kwanzaa bot as uh, voiced by. Yeah, yeah. We hello, Cool J. Yeah. So good. Ladies love Cool J. I think it was Coolio. I don't think it was LL Cool J. What? Hold up. Hold up. Do what I do what did a brothers got the key to this city. That was a great song, right? Kwanzaa bot is Coolio. I'm an idiot. My bad. To be fair, I have watched Futurama hundreds of times. I mean, me too. I just can't tell the difference between anyone ever. And if you put the same word into two names, <laughs> I'm even more hoop. LL Cool J, Cool EO. Yeah. Sorry. Ice cool. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the joke is that, that I know it's not real. <laughs> I know it's Ice Tray. They have a small temperature difference because of. Cool. Jesus, I that's know. worse than anything I just said. <laughs> Good, the shoulder shake will really translate to, <laughs> to the podcast medium. We are here to talk about the legend of Korra. Obviously. Come on. Obviously. I can't believe they wouldn't get that. How already. could you not know that after, what, 10 minutes of Jeremy Hotz talk? A uh, big fan of Korra. Not a lot of people know this, but Jeremy Hotz is a huge fan of Legend of Korra. Uh, he he's welcome be. to dispute that if he wants to, <laughs> but I don't think he will know to. <laughs> You'd have to listen to this dumb shit to, to dispute that. Uh, favorite character, though, weirdly enough? Jeremy Hotz. Is Mako. Oh, is Jeremy Hotz in Legend of Korra? I just missed him. <laughs> Well, there's so many amazing voice actors in there that maybe, maybe he had a small cameo that we are unaware of. You never know. Maybe, yeah. I think his favorite character is Mako. No. <laughs> gosh. Uh, everyone's favorite character is Mako. I don't know who you're talking about. Anyway. Nobody's mm. favorite character is Mako. Okay, we're going to have to come back to that. Uh, really? Oh, boy. We're going to have... Should we do this? How do you want to approach this? Let's give us a breakdown of Legend of Korra. Can you can you explain to anyone who doesn't know who Jeremy Hotz is? <laughs> Jeremy, what the legend of what the legend of Korra is. Well, Jeremy Hotz, as little known fact, um, was an avatar, not the Blue People avatar. We have to be very clear about that one. Um, no, okay, I'm gonna. I've never seen the Blue People avatar. I had a whole conversation with someone this week about Avatar, and I won't. It looks so boring and it has no cultural, like, no cultural, what's the word I'm looking for? The moolah, the cultural currency. Yeah. I, it's got none. It, it's not like, you know, Lord of the Rings, which like carries this whole like fandom or Star Wars, which is bred like literally a cult and, and you know, yep. Star Trek, which, yeah, no. No. Like who wanted five Avatar fucking movies aside from James Cameron? No one. He's the only one. Ugh. And people are buying into his shit. I hate it. I mean, who? I don't know anybody who's watched it or liked it. It must just be studio execs. And they're like, yeah, uh, this is well, it. Well, John watched it. Oh, did he? And I was like, was it good? And he was like, yeah, it was good. A little basic, little, little, 
little uh, on the nose, basic. I can't even. Little white person tries to deal with uh, indigenous issues. I don't even know that it's that deep. Oh wow! I I asked him about it, and I don't remember what his answer was because it was just like, oh, cool. It was a movie. You didn't actually want to know. Yeah. yeah. Blue people. I don't Sorry, know. John. No, even like John was just. He was like, yeah, it was fine. It happened. I watched it. I didn't I didn't get mad and turn it off. It was there. No, he didn't look away and uh then it was over. Uh speaking of blue people, uh Legend of Korra, Korra, uh okay. famously known to wear that blue garb of the yes. Southern Water Tribe. Southern Water Tribe. Let, allow me to read to you what I typed up on my phone. Yeah, for people who don't know what Avatar the Blue People or Jeremy Hotz are, what what what's a what's a quick breakdown of, of uh, Korra for us? All right, so Legend of Korra was a spin-off anime of Avatar the Last Airbender. So Legend of Korra came out in 2012, which is oh my gosh, like <laughs> 11 years ago now. Uh, and was developed by Nickelodeon by Dante Di Martino and Brian, I'm not going to try his last name i don't think i can do it, Give it sorry, a shot. Brian. i think we owe him the respect of trying his last name Coinsco. good enough i hope so sorry brian if it's not correct it somebody shot. tell us and we will uh issue a correction uh lexi will yeah, do an absolutely. audio correction and we'll post it publicly yep we'll do it i'll just say his name over and over again um but anyway these two fine folks uh created this series and there was 52 episodes that ran over four seasons uh that continued on after the show ended in a series of comics or anime or manga um the show picks up 70 years after the last airbender ends and so that's with avatar ang and we follow the new avatar so spoiler alert ang has passed away and a new avatar is born and that is cora and so cora as ben mentioned a member of the water tribe and she heads to the new republic city and republic city is a is a is a is a is a little city it was actually quite big yeah it's important what size was it yeah it's huge i don't remember how big it was how many people though specifically 7.8 million people and and what what kind of geographical area does it cover uh a big one and what part of the world is it in? In the center. Their main currency is money. Okay. <laughs> they use it for everything. They use it for everything. <laughs> uh, but so last, so it was founded by Aang, the last airbender, and Korra is in Republic City to learn airbending from Tenzin, who is? Aang's little boy. Little boy. Little boy uh, Aang. Yep. Son. And amazing band of characters tenzin angson is that his last name in the old angson in the old naming tradition yeah that's yeah. the viking that's his viking name his viking name the show leans heavily into viking motifs it does not <laughs> but we get to meet some really amazing characters like mako Blech. olin yay asami yeah Ooh. okay i'm gonna say yeah um Tenzin's entire family with his delightful children. Everyone is lovely. And a whole, oh yeah, whole, whole host of really incredible characters, um, including some familiar faces from The Last Airbender. Yeah, really cool. You know, lots of great things about Republic City is just like the steampunk element and aspects of um, that. I think in some of the show notes that we'll include are, are a little reminiscent of uh, movies like Metropolis and really incredible show that won a lot of awards and was really considered groundbreaking for some of the elements that they addressed, like terrorism, LGBTQ plus themes, and much, much more. Plus, there's amazing voice actors. 
One of the interesting points, yeah, fantastic. And one of the interesting parts is it's troubled uh, first-run publication or first-run production, which yes, it, it gets canceled after the second season uh, and ends up getting mm-hmm. dumped onto Nick Online, uh, Nickelodeon's Online, uh, where it suddenly breaks sort of new ground accidentally in becoming just this huge mega thing that happens online. It just has like just wild high streaming numbers. Uh, and this is before streaming really has hit its stride and become a big three thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Netflix is a, a nascent to that point. Uh, you know, I think they're still offering DVDs yeah. <laughs> via mail. Yeah, that's right. If you didn't remember, Netflix used to, used to grab a, a Netflix from one of the uh, vending machines. Yeah. The boxes, the vending machine at the yep. grocery store. I was like, who the fuck is going to use this? Many people, apparently. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just a huge success for them when they moved in online. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the last two seasons did that. And sort of, I would argue, in a way, led to uh, mm-hmm. a much greater uh, interest in streaming as a form of uh, delivering these shows from uh, the, the studios and producers, etc. Mm-hmm. So wonderful. Yeah, and... You get to see some voice. Like, I mean, we have Tenzin, who is voiced by J.K. Simmons, and a whole bunch of other really noticeable um, voice actors like Dee Bradley Baker, um, Phil Lamar. And then we start to see some celebrity voices like Aubrey Plaza, uh, Zelda Williams, Rami Malek, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it, it really mm-hmm. brought about the beginning Rami of... Rami Malek's in it? Yeah, Rami Malek's in it. Before he's really got any... Yeah. Uh, any notability that's wild yeah steven yun lots of really like now quite prominent actors kind of got and Cora herself is uh, a huge name in uh in voice acting which is uh janet varney right yeah yeah of the jv club if yeah. you've ever heard of it uh of max fun really m- amazing start for a lot of the folks that were getting out there how do you feel about somebody like J.K. Simmons playing a character that feels um, not white? Hmm. Um, very much, I feel like, delivered in a sort of Asian sort of uh, presentation. I never really thought about Tenzin as being white. Because I don't think he's presented that way, but J.K. Simmons super is. I feel like J.K. Simmons did such a great voice for Tenzin, I just never even crossed my mind. Mm. I wouldn't normally uh, be something we're talking about, but I feel like it's come up a lot lately with, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, different animations, uh, specifically like... The Simpsons. Yeah, Simpsons and um, um, more recently, uh, The Legend of Vox Machina, uh, since we're in the Mm. legend area. But uh, just Matt Mercer during the actual like live stream of Critical Role did voices for, uh, you know, every character that was an NPC. Yeah. And so a lot of those moved on then into the animation and he did not want to play those. If I recall correctly, he wanted to find actors that fit those, uh, those sort of, I know they're not real ethnicities as far as because it's a fantasy land, but, mm-hmm. you know, more closely f- uh, felt like they could represent those than him as a, as a white guy mm-hmm. putting on you know, accents that could be seen as uh, sort of insensitive and based off of other cultures. Mm. Hmm. It's an interesting, so that made me think about this on my second viewing that I started going through on Cora. It it popped up a lot more immediately to me 
than my first viewing when I don't think I even realized it was J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Well, even like looking at the the cast of characters, I mean, it is very white by and large. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, the whole thing that uh, Korra and Avatar get a lot of praise for is sort of their not white or Eurocentric sort of uh, historical or historical mm-hmm. fiction setting, right? Like uh, Republic City itself isn't like a New York. No. It is a New York in, st- in size maybe, but it's more of a like a Shanghai or yeah. or Tokyo or something mixed in with a few other influences. But, uh, you know, the show is also created by two people that are not necessarily uh, Asian themselves, but they did have a lot of uh, people working on the show that were mm-hmm. and fight choreographers and stuff like that and producers. So I don't know. It's an interesting thing to consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it was seen as revolutionary at the time, but like, is that actually like a, a such a big deal to have uh, white people, uh, telling, you know, stories outside of their sort of uh, experience? I think now it is, but in 2012, like you said, like the fact that we're just like, Hey, just, yeah, finally, it's not, uh, it's not white centric, not Eurocentric anymore. So yeah. Yeah. And it's at the time, like that was a huge success and groundbreaking and, you know, won all these awards because it was just so. Yeah. Oh, look, you can make an uh, you can make an interesting <laughs> nope. show and it doesn't have to be, you know, one white guy. And what well, and dealing with characters that were, you know, on a spectrum of like gender fluidity and sexuality mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. dealing with themes that were really difficult that you wouldn't expect to see on Nickelodeon yeah. like terrorism or you know, calling into question about like supremacy of different races and cultures. Like it, that was a great thing about it. So mm-hmm. I think in our current like even though it's only about 11 years old, things happen like change so quickly mm-hmm. in society that would it be appropriate for for the now times i think they'd have to update it and we see that already with how last airbender has been turned into um a live action show and we look at the characters are actually representative of the characters like the people the actors playing those characters are actually like indigenous people or people yeah. like folks of color Versus, you know. Yeah, right, because the movie did not do that. Uh, the the ill-fated movie did not attempt to uh, stay in the sort of vibe or, or... Yeah. I hate saying ethnicity or ethnic or racial because it's not. It's a fictitious place, but they're clearly mm-hmm. codified to be indigenous people, Soka yeah. and, and Katara. And then they get cast by, as these two two white kids and Aang is supposed to be Asian, but he's another white kid or whatever. But you know, one of the other things that's really hard about last airbender, the movie, Dev Patel was in it. Yeah. And I love Dev Patel, but I got it like, yeah, I know you wanted him as yeah. Bond and I have to correct myself. Cause I said he was in uh willow. He's no. not, it's uh, Tony, Tony Rivoli. And I'm just an idiot because the other guy's name is Patel. Oh. And I, uh, I got myself all confused just like I did with, Euro, Arrow, and Iro. And Leslie Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I can't get anything right. <laughs> Leslie Jordan and and our our pal Jordan Lane. Who we love. Jordan, uh, we love you. Jordan Lane is the best. Yeah. Fucking the yeah. best. And I can't make any jokes about Leslie Jordan. Not that I did. Uh but yeah. yeah. And Leslie Jones. Um but Oh, just critically poor at remembering people who do anything. But we love them. They're all fantastic. I appreciate them. But uh, yeah, so. And it's not saying I, we can't enjoy this stuff. I just think it's worth talking about and bringing up, especially because, uh, you know, it does get lauded, but I don't think it would get the same sort of 
accolades nowadays. Uh, no, but I think they would make it differently if they made it now. And we are like, mm-hmm. we, we see that happening with even the revivals of like, there's an animated series of last airbender coming up, but, um, and the avatar that comes after Korra, we're learning more about them too. So that's exciting. Yeah. Bob, I believe his name was James the airbender. Yeah. Yeah. Bob James, the airbender. Uh, it's weird. He's got a mustache and he <laughs> works in Republic city as a burger cook. I actually thought he was a plumber and this was going to turn into a Mario joke, but I'm glad that we went that way. Uh, and weirdly enough, he's voiced by H John Benjamin. <laughs> better than Chris Pratt. I mean, anything's better than Chris Pratt. I'm better than Chris Pratt. It's a me, a Mario. See, at least I tried. He did. Yeah. He, I would say that that was way more. It's like, Hey, it's me, Mario, Chris Pratt. Oh yeah. Even worse. He'd be like, it's me, uh, Mario. <laughs> if you're going to be Bazinga. doing the voice. <laughs> Is that your most hated phrase in all of like, God, I hate, I hate. I. You don't like Bazinga? I don't like Bazinga and I don't like anything about that show to be honest uh with the big bang theory yeah the big bang theory just okay. like the the sort of idea of of what nerd or dork or geek culture is in that show is just so blech. okay okay i can get on board i'm gonna tell you something and i hope that you still are my friend after this you love that show and you have no, a bazinga I... t-shirt no and you often fantasize about sheldon no i don't but uh, i've been watching young sheldon and i don't hate it <laughs> i know it's like my sleepy time show where I'm just like getting ready for bed, winding the day down, having a tea, and I just need some gentle background noise. A boom, young Sheldon. Have you thought about um, lo-fi <laughs> music? Um, like one of those cool chill channels that's just like looping the same sort of soft beat over and over again? I have to tell you why. Because I've had a lot of autistic people in my life, and I have like a real soft spot for people that are autistic. So Sheldon's supposed to be. I never watched the show. I just find so, Bazinga so re- repulsive. They don't really identify if he is on the spectrum, but brave. There's there's one episode where like so little kid Sheldon, when they say grace at the dinner table, he ha- he's scared of germs, and so he wears mitts. Mm. And when they hold hands, he has to wear mitts because he doesn't want to touch hands with anybody. But in one episode, his dad is having a really hard time. And at the dinner table, he really quietly removes the mitt and holds his dad's hand bare and just gives him a little rub and then quickly puts the the glove back on. And that's such like a, that just really got to me because mm-hmm. I was like, I know some people out there like that, w- that would do that. And that just kind of like spoke to me. Yeah. Yeah. That would wear oven mitts all the time. No, that would have a hard time lose, like getting out of there. No, I want you to more sincerely explain to me what I clearly misunderstood. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oven anyway. mitt syndrome is serious. Ladies and gentlemen, <sighs> we want to talk to you about oven mitt syndrome today. I just want you all to remember that I tried I tried to have a nice moment and Ben just steamrolled over it. Anyway, so what do you like about Legend of Korra, Ben? There are people out there writing. What's now your favorite part of Legend of Korra? You can't take oven mitts oh my off. God. If you dial in now, uh, you can make a difference I for people that sometimes. can't take off oven mitts <laughs> for just $9.99 a month. I will take that money. And not buy any oven mitts. You'll just buy t-shirts and send them to your house unwarranted. Can't. Not for nine ninety nine. dollars <laughs> <laughs> $35 fucking t-shirt. U.S. Jeremy Hotz. What I love about Cora is innumerable. I yeah. will go out there and say right now that it is uh, my fave uh, uh-huh. out of the two shows. Absolutely. Uh, I absolutely loved 
Avatar The Last Airbender, but uh, smartly, Legend of Korra sort of ages up with the audience. Yeah. And uh, it's a more mature story in the sense of dealing with older themes, not mm-hmm. in the sense of, you know, TNA and all that. Yeah. Um, or blood or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting show. It starts fast. Um it's morally complicated, as you mentioned. Uh, the animation, at least in the first, third, and fourth seasons, are fantastic. I know a lot of people complain about what happens in the second season and their yeah. production reasons for that. They have to ship out to uh, a lot of that animation happens from a, a different studio than the other three uh, seasons. It doesn't really bother me. I still think it's beautiful for the most mm-hmm. part. Uh, overall, just a wonderful-looking show. Top-notch action direction and choreography. Uh, they brought on people to make up the styles that had, um, you know, experience with martial arts and, mm-hmm. and develop new styles. So they weren't, you know, explicitly just copying something and pretending it was something else. They came up with something new, which I really dig. What's not to love? What did you love about it? Uh, all of those things. Okay. Well, don't bother adding your own thoughts to this. Uh, <laughs> I think we got enough here. Let's go back to talking about oven mitts. Legend of the Korra. Two oven mitted thumbs way up. I think we need to do Who's That Pokemon now. <laughs> da, na, 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 na. Who's That Pokemon? I derailed the shit out of us and now you're taking your revenge. It's fun to be me. But can you just imagine, uh, like one of those telethon call-ins, uh, just trying to help people stop wearing, stop wearing no, oven mitts? I never thought about it's it that brilliant. way. That's how I thought about. it. I remember calling into one of those when I was a kid. Like, did you really? Yeah, I forget which one it was, but it's for people that got injured or like one of those like miracle make a wish yeah. whatevers. And I was just like, I was like, I don't know, I must have been like five at best, and I was just like. I'd like to make a donation, Aww. please. And the lady's like, okay, uh, what would you like to donate? And I was like, I have 43 cents. Aww. And she's like, I don't think we'll bother with 43 cents. And I was crushed. Oh, that's that's Just destroyed. Tough. I wanted to help so bad and she wouldn't take my 43 cents. Yeah. Just never worked out. I'm really sorry to hear that. That must have been very difficult for you. Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> ben, child, child Ben's, little Ben's crushed. Yeah, crushed soul. Sense oh of God. worth. Soul. Couldn't help the way I wanted to. And that's why I won't let this opportunity to help people that wear oven mitts slide by, slip by. <sighs> What's the Pokemon? Okay, let me give you a silhouette. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Do it again. It's a fing oven mitt, I hate you. It's an oven mitt. Who's that Pokemon? Oh my god, you got it, Lexi. Congratulations. You're just spending you're you're wasting Legend of Korra time in making fun of me, and I hope that you're happy. Oh, I'm so sorry. I wasn't trying to make fun of you, Lexi. You're my my favorite yeah, uh person. Yeah, yeah. Um what I did want to do is live in a world where there are telethons okay. for oven mitts. Let's talk about what we don't like about Legend of Korra. I don't know if I've got enough to fill half of a show with that. About what you don't like about Korra? Yeah. Well, it's all good for me. But okay. Except, okay, let's get into it. You start me off. So you say that you're not the biggest fan of Mr. Mako. 
No, I feel like Mako is set up as this like leading man, like, oh, Korra and Asami are into him. Mm-hmm. But like he does nothing to earn that. Yeah. He is a complete dick to Korra the entire first season. Yeah. He never really like does anything that I think like would make him somebody that somebody should look up to or be into. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's good looking and he plays sports ball, like, but he's mean. He also wants to be a cop, so there's that. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's another downer. <laughs> so I mean, after rewatching the first two seasons and reading summaries again, I just can't think of anything that makes Mako interesting. Like Bolin is like Oh, Bolin is so good. Yeah. Lovable. There for his, his people that care about him and he cares yeah. about. Like he's there for them. Like he just wants to support people and like try to make sure people feel good and are are cared for. Like I can see that. I can be attracted to Bolin, but but Mako, no, there's nothing. He's just sort of a dink. And like I find Bolin hilarious. Oh, he's so good. There's so many good moments with him. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons I first got into the show is because I remember watching one of the first couple episodes and just finding it legit funny because of his character. It's so good. Yeah. Um, And just, like, sort of the arc he takes. Like, every season he's got something really fantastic going on. Uh, You know, becoming the movie star, dating Aubrey Plaza's character, sort of. Their romance is wild Mm -hmm. in the second season. Um, yeah, but Mako, Mako, I don't think ever earned, uh, or the writing never earned him any sort of yeah interest from the, the characters that were into him. Which is a shame because he was named after such like this incredible figure who mm-hmm. was the voice of Iroh and well, love. You mean Arrow? Just to, no. Okay. Uh, uncle Iroh. Of uncle. It, I just thought that they wouldn't have done him so dirty like that. Given him a little more, you know, a little more to him. Yeah. I mean, I like the the Mako and, and Bolin uh, relationship. I like them as brothers. Yes. I, I think he's the most interesting there as as a brother mm-hmm. character. But, uh, um, yeah, you know, the way he ends, I think when I was younger and first watched this, not that I was that much younger, <laughs> um, but when I watched this, I didn't really understand why, spoiler alert, Spoilers! Uh, Cora doesn't end up with him at the end. Mm. I was like, wait, aren't they supposed to be together? No. Rewatching it this time, I was like, oh, she's gay from the start. And it's very clear. And I'm like, how did I not get this the first time I watched this? Uh, it seems very, very clear. Yeah. Like, she's deaf's gay. I wrote that in my notes rewatching. Cora defs gay, like immediately. Gotta watch it a couple uh, times. So, yeah, yeah I kind of like that Mako ends up with nobody and just ends up a cop. There you go. It seems perfect. What do you dislike about the show? Uh, all of the things that you said. Again, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't really think that there's much about the show that I didn't like. I, If anything... It killed Last Airbender a little bit for me because I watched Legend of Korra first and then Airbender. And I found that Airbender was a little, like it, like you said, it was a little, little kitty for me because... Yeah, it's a little childish comparatively. Yeah. Um, and I loved the pacing of Korra and I didn't get that from Airbender. So if anything, I, I think that'd be my takeaway. Yeah, I mean, Airbender is definitely a little more like silly of the week sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The intros to each episode of Korra are great too. I don't remember oh. if they did them for Airbender, but they remind me of Star Wars, especially like the Clone Wars series. Mm. Because it's got that like faux reporter voice. It's like, nah, 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 nah. 
Oh, they're yeah. here to fight for Union City. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> yeah. they always had that in Clone Wars. Like, Newsflash. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. But it's that, again, it's that, like, steampunk kind of late 30s style that everybody has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash Gordon. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Milo is a delight. I think that's worth talking about. He reminds oh, yeah. me of uh, of the kids from uh, Rugrats. <laughs> the shape of his head being not properly spherical Love is one it. of my favorite things. There's one episode where he farts at someone and it is straight up hilarious. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Air Island is being invaded yes. by whomever at the beginning. The uh, what do they call the the Equalists? Equalists. Yeah. The Equalists. Uh, another interesting sort of character, like the kind of villain that you can be interested in. Yeah. Um, he seems to have almost a relatable uh, sort of interest in 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 providing a little bit more of a uh, a just society for people. So it's something you. Can you can almost get behind uh, until you find out it's all sort of a bunch of bullshit. Well, and that's one of the questions I'd written down here was what villain did we most sympathize with? And I had written down originally the equalist because I was like, I kind of see where they're coming from. But like most bullshit terrorist cells that people, you know, where you can become radicalized to something, it's all horseshit. And it's just mm. people trying to stir things up and it's not what it actually seems. But when or the first couple episodes when they're getting into it, you think like, yeah, people are fawning all over the pro benders and the bending, you know, elite and the people that don't mm -hmm. have those powers are seen as less than, but then you get deeper into mm -hmm. it and it's not what it seems. And I just thought like that was such a real story and I loved it. Yeah. It feels very sincere. Who is your favorite uh, sort of big bad for the entire series oh i don't know because i really got on board with um the equalists and who was the uh, sato i can't remember his name is that his name i think he was the leader of um the equalists but then you come back to i think it's like in season four no i think it was season three with the people that break out of jail oh yeah season three the red lotus yeah yeah, the Red Lotus. I really like the members of the Red Lotus. Like, the chick without the arms, amazing. The, the water arms. Oh, no, yes, yes. I was just trying to make a joke about chick without an arms, amazing, but I couldn't come up with anything. Oh, good. Well. She's fantastic. She was one, like, she was, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but I thought that, that that whole little criminal cell was really, really fascinating. And their dedication and love for each other. But she was, like, she was badass and I loved her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I can't remember. Is that the same season that we deal with the Earth Empire? Yes. I have yes. such a hard time remembering because <laughs> uh, I didn't get that far in my rewatch. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't remember if that's the same episode or I mean the same season. And then who the big bad is for season four. Season four is the general who's voiced by uh, Zelda Williams. Of, oh. um, like bossing say okay so that's the earth empire one yeah that's they're really getting to earth empire by the end yeah okay that's season four so that's probably yeah her yeah. is probably my favorite uh favorite villain uh and so that's is that lynn Beifong's sister or um, daughter i can't remember no it's lynn's lynn is the daughter of of the original <laughs> what's her face say it 
from Avatar. I can't. I can't remember names. I just can't. Uh, what's her face? The one who invents steel bending. <laughs> Metal bender. Why can't I remember? No, I've lost it. Oh my god, I'm so tired that I'm like, you know, the chick that can't see, and there's lots of really good jokes about it. Not about her not being able to see. No, but how, like, she keeps bringing it out, like, she's able to throw in people's faces, and it's really good how she does it. Yeah, because she has, like, a an echolocation thing she does with uh, stomping the ground. It's pretty cool. Lim Beifong is super hot. Probably the hottest character in the entire show, in my opinion. Oh, I, well, I love the Beifong clan. Like, they're all amazing. No, I know she's a cop, but she goes rogue a couple times and, like, breaks the rules. And, yeah, she does and I, her I, own I like thing. a stern, a stern lady. Toph. Toph. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And one of the things, like, that I... Okay, here's what makes me sad. Toph wasn't a good parent. But at the same time, too, I don't know what we were expecting from her. Because all through... Uh, last airbender she's not really like a nurturing parent she's like her person mm-hmm. and as we see in cora her two daughters talk about how difficult their childhood was because Toph was kind of hardcore yeah and she wasn't super nurturing and she you know basically raised her kids to be really harsh mm-hmm. But I so even though i don't know what i was expecting from her i wasn't expecting her to become like all like touchy feely roses and kisses and hugs. But I feel, I felt like that part was sad that they, like she even kind of says that and she disappears to go be an old lady in the woods Mm -hmm. and really turns her back on society. But that like she, that was always her, you know, like I put those expectations. And that's one of the wonderful things about this show is that you get somebody like Toph who, yeah, you know, you get, non-archetypal female characters um that get to be shitty parents which is not the sort of thing you usually are allowed to present a a woman as in a show uh get to be villains get to be hard asses cops unlikable they get to be there for a whole slew of other reasons than uh you know to hook up with mako or whatever (laughs) yeah they're doing their own thing and that's maybe what i liked about that character arc is I was sad, and then I came back to be like, that was my, me putting that on her, and she was her, and she didn't change, and she didn't fall in love with the the handsome pro-bender. She became a witch in the woods, and I fucking yeah. love it, because I want to be, I want to I scare neighborhood kids into thinking that I'm the witch, <laughs> so that's great. What's John's role in this? Uh, he brings me snacks. Oh, that's sweet. It's yeah. romance. Yeah. Um, we can't stop this episode without talking about Varric and Julie. Oh, Julie. Uh, basically the greatest romantic couple of oh, all time. Yes. And some of the greatest voice actors. Who, who voice acted them? Okay, hold on again. <laughs> Can I talk about the the call-in for uh, our our oven mitt helpline or, or have I uh, overextended that? It's John Michael Higgins who voices, okay. who is the second... I heard his voice. I was like, wait a second. And if you've watched Best in Show or A Mighty Wind mm-hmm, or any of those, mm-hmm. like you immediately know that voice. And he is so funny. And I love the character, Julie. Like just, that is so good. They're great. Uh, I love that they get that arc late. And I think yes. it's season four, like they're sort of like break up and will they, won't they arc. And then like Julie leaves him and you're just like, oh, good what? for and you, Julie. It's a bit of a redemption yeah. arc. Like, 
not that like Varric's interesting too because he is um you know like a rich person and his approach to problem solving in the second season might be one of my uh favorite things is that he can't get the help he wants or from you know the the world government so he goes about literally like framing uh acts of terrorism yeah. against his opponent to try to get the world government to throw in with him and help him it's just a fascinating approach to being like yeah they they probably should have been taking a stand but is this the right way to elicit their their assistance and and that's a fascinating thing for a finger quotes kid show but yeah Varric and julie are just the best like oh, when they're so making their escape in the platypus bear costume and uh <laughs> and they start <laughs> she Varric has julie just start like farting out dollars from the back of the platypus's ass. Oh, yes. You fellas seen a traveling circus up through here? Julie, do the thing. That platypus bear is pooping money! It's so lovely. It's great. It's so funny. It's why I don't think the second season deserves all the hate that it gets. Like, I appreciate that it's not, you know, the huge epic feels that everyone wanted from other yeah. things, but... Uh, so good it gives a lot to work with and we get aubrey plaza as yeah. there's so many great characters so many and that's what i feel like maybe is better about legend of core than uh last airbender is that you have a stronger wilder cast of characters that really make up this ensemble and they're all mm -hmm. so like they have their place it's weird that they're there at first, but then they just add so much to the story, and I love it. So yeah. much, yeah. Another thing I love is that Korra is not like universally yeah. sort of worshipped the way Aang is. Uh, a lot of people see her as, in the first season, elitist yeah. and sort of, you know, uh, not for everybody. Um, and, you know, in the second season, taking mm -hmm. sides and not being, you know, uh, you know, neutral in a, in a conflict, uh, even yeah. though it's her, you know, country that's being... You know, and and she just doesn't have the easy time that I feel like Aang had. Like I, I know it's not universal, but Aang would roll into a place and when people were like, "It's the Avatar." Yeah, we'll do anything you. you want. Take a picture. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And and uh, Cora doesn't get that overall. There's people that do not respect her, despite her title, uh, despite who she is, and that feels more realistic, especially for a female in that sort of almost religious role, uh, world religious role. I found that fascinating, believable. Yeah. I found it really, like, when she gets severed from the past avatars, that it actually, like, I felt sad. I was like, oh, my God. Like, what are we going to do? Oh, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you feel that. You absolutely feel that. Uh, you get a lot of those moments with her, too. I mean, it's hard for me to watch a character who I want to win and succeed and who should be ostensibly based on Aang, stronger than everyone, uh, and just needs to keep leveling up in the anime way. But yeah, she often has yeah. a hard time, gets gets knocked down, gets severed, and has to find ways to deal with that. Uh, it's, it's very interesting. What else do we get here? I wrote down Mako really sucks again. <laughs> so he, he did something at some point that bothered me. Uh, yeah um republic oh right the bolin stuff when he becomes famous yeah when i get confused i just yell republic city and everyone cheers oh it's amazing he gets some of the best lines about being sort of a himbo it's uh yeah and him and varic cooking up is probably just great for his character arc 
Is there anything else we want to say about Avatar, The Legend of Korra? Um, just that I haven't spoken about my my adoration for Paul Sun Hyung Lee in quite some time. And oh, yeah. uh, I just, I respect and love the fact that he's going to be in new live action Airbender. And I hope that one day we can aspire to uh, Legend of Korra, a little revamp, because I think that that show deserves more love and attention than it gets. When he shows up in the spirit world, it's pretty much amazing. Oh, I cried. I was just like, oh my With God, Lyra, yes. Yeah. And especially after I watched Airbender and then came back to Legend of Korra, it hit a whole different he's way. He's such a great character in, oh, in both shows. Um, we could spend an entire episode just talking about him because he is incredible. I'd be happy so, to. Yeah. Before we go, the real important thing, hottest character. Um, the platypus bear. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go with it. All right. What was the book where that lady fucks the bear again? Oh, no, we can't go there. We can't go there. What if it's a platypus bear? Does that change anything? I mean, other than it'll have like spurs and poison in it and you'll probably die, but whatever. You know. yeah, uh, much more necessary to have a safe word. Uh, well, you already know who I pick. I pick uh, Lin Pei Fong. <laughs> I think she's the best. She got them them cables. You know. Honestly, like I would have gone with Bolin. I think that he... Oh, I think that's a good choice. I think Bolin is absolutely a catch. Yeah, he's he's funny. I think he'd be a great partner. Uh, yeah, Bolin for the win. Bolin for the win. Let's get that on a t-shirt. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, this has been Dork Matters. Dork, 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 dork. Dork, dork. dork. Ooh, we did it. Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give us a rating, and tell your friends about us. If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out original art and other content from Ben and myself. We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song, Dance, off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksika, the Begaini, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Métis Nation Region 3.